No Pull. Powered by Earnhardt Auto Centers. For a premier destination near you, head to nobull.com. Here's Chris, Crespin, and Simone. Woo! Welcome in. Bring that energy, baby. I think it's Wednesday. I forgot what day it is. It's a Wednesday edition of No Bull with Chris, Crespin, and Simone. Powered by Earnhardt Auto Centers and nobull.com. Gentlemen, Simone, you brought the energy. Sean, you haven't said anything. Where's the energy, buddy? I'm adjusting levels because Jordan just, I think, blew up the audio levels there. (laughs) The audio Sean looks like he's uh, he's ready for a, maybe a mix between rec league basketball and Easter Sunday. <laughs> for those of you who can't see, <laughs> Sean has on a yeah. what is just a generic gray baseball cap. Looks good, just gray and white, as you can see. Yeah, yeah and right. then you look, a, you and look like, like you look like uh, Ben Affleck out at the grocery store. I like that. That's you look actually... like Matt Damon trying to like go out whoa, whoa. and be in. That's a little too much credit for sean that's oh, easy man. there jordan easy not too there. far off not too far uh, off. is everything good on hang your on, end sean on, what, good? what was we what can... was the first one you said jordan you look like we headed to rec league basketball or easter sunday <laughs> yeah yeah okay i'll take yeah, it we, we need it i need to help my boy out with his wardrobe no, i'll take it it's been a day it's been a day your studio's on point though yeah it is and that's yeah, all that nice matters backdrop. I mean, we've got we got earnhardt represented we got the schubert logo of the show. schubert looks like he went to value village and, and grabbed a couple of blankets <laughs> And and just threw some shit on the wall. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's just. All right, anyways, you, you want you want to jump into it? You want to get into it? Please, <laughs> please. That's what I was trying to do. <laughs> off the top of the show let's here let's on a find Wednesday, out yes. what's in the lead on a Wednesday, as Schubert says. I forgot. I legitimately forgot what day it was as I was doing the intro to the show, so I had to very quickly figure it out. Uh, guys, our top Working story hard. here in this hour uh, in this program here on a Wednesday. The New York Jets late in the day yesterday after reports had surfaced that they were going to trade or attempt to trade this player, they cut running back Le'Veon Bell. That marriage is over. Le'Veon Bell is now a free agent. The Jets will owe him $6 million. That is the remainder of his salary. Any team that picks him up uh, will do so for the league minimum. Uh, This not shocking considering the way that that relationship was going there in New York, Jordan, but uh, the end of a very short tenure there in New York for Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, it just seemed like it wasn't going to work from the beginning. The Jets are in complete rebuild mode. Uh, they had a terrible offensive line when they signed him. And when Adam Gase got hired, he is actually complaining that they had just signed Le'Veon Bell, saying that he's just not a good fit for their offense and what he's trying to do schematically. So um, th- eventually those true colors came to shine. And uh I think it's a good. I think it's a good thing for both the Jets and Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell can go pursue, uh, you know, working with another team, whoever that may be. And don't be surprised if it's the Patriots or the Tampa Bay Buccaneers or or another team that that may be, you know, right in that playoff contention area. Um, so it's exciting. Then for the Jets, you know, hey, you're starting over again. I mean, how many times you got to start over? But now Sam Darnold's hurt. You got Joe Flacco running the helm. I mean, are they going to draft a quarterback with the first pick overall? I don't know, Sean. What do you think? We're going to get more into what the Jets are going to do with Le'Veon Bell coming up here in about 10 minutes. But uh, I listen, it's very telling. This is all I'll say right now as we're in the lead here. It's very telling that they tried shopping him to 31 teams. And apparently, according to reports, they were only looking for a seventh-round draft pick. And uh, the other 31 teams said, you know what? I'm uh, I'm good on that. I'm going to, be, I'm going to go we're ahead good. and pass. We'll very pass. telling. We'll get more into it coming up here in about five minutes. 
Yes, we will. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals in the news today, and not for good reason. Chandler Jones, the uh, our, our worst fears realized, out for the season. And, and Sean, I'll start here with you on this one. This is a huge blow to this defense. What do you expect Vance Joseph to attempt to do here to try to somewhat mask the problem, the hole that uh, has been created with this Chandler Jones injury? Well, you don't mask the hole when you lose a Chandler Jones, right? Like, you, you're not going to recreate that that production. And I know people are saying, Crespin, what production? If you look at the stat sheet, he doesn't have a whole lot of production. But what people don't realize, and Jordan, I do not have to tell you this, being a defensive player, that just because he's not showing up in the box score doesn't mean he's not showing up on Sunday. The fact that he's getting double teamed, he's getting chipped, he's getting the attention that he gets is opening up play for other players on that defense and in that front seven. So he's going to be sorely missed. And I'll tell you this, all the focus from the Arizona Cardinals is now going to the defensive side of the ball. We just spent the last couple weeks talking about what's wrong with this offense. It's so much east-west, not enough north-south. They had the the get-right game against the Jets, and they were able to do so. But now, defensively, you're playing some offenses. The Cowboys on Monday night, Seattle, Jordan Simone's Seahawks are coming up after that. Two offenses that can get up and down the football field. The focus is definitely going to be on the defensive side of the ball. So this is a a big blow to the Arizona Cardinals. You've got the top two scoring teams in the National Football League in consecutive weeks. I'm sorry, two of the top three outside of the Packers in consecutive weeks. So big blow to the Arizona Cardinals. I think one thing that's that's going to be uh, help them in that aspect is, you know, obviously with Dak Prescott's injury, he's not going to be playing this weekend for the Cowboys. So uh, is it going to be uh, is it going to be time for for old Andy? Is it Andy Dalton? Who, who's there? Yeah, Andy Dalton, right? For the Cowboys? Yes. Why am I blanking? I call them the Red Rocket. You did. That's why. You did call them yeah. that at one point. Yeah. I call them Dog's Penis. We were supposed um, to be looking on Red Rifle. Red, mm-hmm. Yeah. But you know what? Red Rocket sounds better, especially now that we're on a podcast. We're not on live radio, so I can say Dog's Penis anytime I want. And <laughs> I mean, I'll say celebrate. Dog's Penis again. Yeah, He's done it twice yeah. in three minutes. I've, here's here's a fourth. Uh, dog Penis is uh, Red Rocket, Andy Dalton. I don't know if he's going to be able to, to get these Cowboys back on track, but he sure looked good uh, at the end of that game. It's going to be fun to watch. It's, I think it's going to be an absolute shootout because both defenses are struggling. And wrapping up here in the lead, guys, I'm going to combine a whole bunch of topics, uh, and I'm going to give you them in chronological order. We had Florida coach Dan Mullen say that he would like to have 90,000 people in attendance for a Florida football game. And since he made those comments, here are things that have happened inside of the SEC. Okay. They had the Vandy Mizzou game get canceled or postponed. Mm-hmm. You had the Florida game against LSU get postponed. Oh, and just today, Nick Saban tested positive for coronavirus, and there's an outbreak, I believe, at Old Miss. All of that happened since Dan Mullen said, "Yeah, you know what? Let's just pack ninety thousand people into a into our stadium for a football game." Uh, Sean, the SEC a little bit of a problem on their hands. They got a couple of universities dealing with this, and. This is the benefit of them starting their their season when they did. They can kind of move things around, but they're being tested a little bit here. Yeah, they're able to use the word postponed right now, which is a good thing because when you get to the Big Ten and the Pac-12, that word won't be able to be used. It'll just simply be canceled football games. So right now they got a little bit of leeway because they jumped out in front of the other conferences and started playing a little bit earlier than, than some. So uh, right now they've got some wiggle room, but this is – definitely starting to become a problem it's definitely starting to become something that's going to get dicey for the conferences once you you run out of those those weeks where you can move games to what do you do you start to get into the cancellation realm so um 
you know, anybody's guess, you know, I, I, my guess is as good as anybody's right now. Who knows what it's going to look like two weeks from now, but it's definitely getting dicey for the conference. Yeah, Jordan, I, for I, you. I like yeah, go ahead. I like what he's doing real quick, just to touch on the Dan Mullen thing. I like what he's trying to do. He's, he's trying to get the energy back in his stadium, right? He's trying to get the people back in it and move on with life as, as most people are. And so I can't hate on him for that. Um, but you know what? It's, it's still going around. I, I don't think people should be afraid of it. Uh, because the data supports that it's it's you know it's not it's not going to harm these young guys. It's not going to harm a lot of these coaches um, that are you know are able to to get the right treatment or whatever the case may be. But yeah, I think we just move on to the next subject and uh, <laughs> talk about it later, maybe. <laughs> and, and look, the SEC they've built this into their schedule to be able to move these games around, and they're they're being challenged here, and we'll see what they ultimately. I mean, it's uh, the biggest it's the biggest coach in college football who came yeah. down positive with with COVID. So I don't think it's a yeah. subject where you just say, "Oh, we'll talk about it later." I think it's a subject that actually de- does need to be discussed when you have the biggest coach in college football that that has come down positive. And I understand that the 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 players we're talking about, the coaches we're talking about, aren't in a a demographic that are are really in a danger zone here. But if you're college football you have to react you know in a way that's not going to have any kind of any any blowback on you if something bad does happen so what yeah what well he's gonna go he's gonna go quarantine right sure just like mike norvell did mike norvell yep. got it he went and he was he missed a game so that's exactly what he's gonna do it's that simple right so you're removing you're removing nick saban from arguably the biggest game on their calendar playing georgia this weekend you won't have your head coach at that football game. That's not no. That's not newsworthy. No, it's absolutely newsworthy. I was more talking. Vegas, about, by the way. I was more talking they about could... Dan Mullen and wanting to get fans back in the stadium. I wasn't saying yeah. that 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 Nick Saban getting coronavirus isn't news. It is news. Yeah, but it's also spreading fear. Everybody wants to spread fear. Oh God, Nick Saban's got it. You know, oh the Alabama's going to start losing. No, this is what's going to happen. This is what we've seen yeah. has happened all year long. People are going to get it. You're going to remove them. It's unfortunate, but you move on. Yeah, exactly right. I mean, that, that's but that's it, there is a, a significant football impact when you're removing a head coach like a Nick Saban from a game against yeah. Georgia. Significant Nick Saban, impact. Nick Saban will, he'll have a headset on at home. He'll he'll have a live screen. He'll, he'll, he'll be yeah. like he's up in the booth. They'll right. find a way to make him uh, part of that game plan. The Vegas odds on this game between uh, Alabama and Georgia have moved to two points since the news uh, that Nick Saban will be missing this game uh, potentially due to testing positive for the coronavirus. So that is the impact from the Vegas perspective. They think Nick Saban's just standing there on the sidelines is worth two points to Alabama. So we will have to see what happens from here. Uh, It's been a crazy week for SEC News, and I I don't think it's going to slow down anytime soon as they try to figure this out. Coming up next, we just talked about it a little bit at the top. Le'Veon Bell no longer a New York Jet. Could he be coming to a team near you? We'll get into that next here on No Bull with Chris Crespin and Simone. All right, I got to tell you about my good friends and family over at Earnhardt Auto Centers, locally owned and operated since 1951. They're a proud partner of our show, No Bull with Chris Crespin and Simone with 19 Arizona locations, 21 dealerships, 17 brands. Doesn't matter where you are in the Valley. Uh, Earnhardt is going to have you covered with a new vehicle that you probably got your eye on. And with current times and social distancing, the No Bull Express option at nobull.com can make the entire buying process an absolute breeze from the comfort of your home. Uh, from test driving a vehicle like I did that got delivered to my door, uh, to your finance application, to delivery, of the new ride that you purchased. You don't even have to leave your front door to experience the Earnhardt commitment to world-class service and low prices that can't be beat. The Earnhardt name 
you know you can trust a 68-year commitment from their family to yours. Earnhardt Auto Centers and Doble.com, and that ain't no bull. Well, gentlemen, we mentioned it as our top story in the lead. The Jets cutting Le'Veon Bell yesterday after attempting to trade him and getting him off of their roster. They'll owe him $6 million for the remainder of the season, and any team that picks him up will have to do so for the league minimum. And I was poking around on the internet in the immediate aftermath of Le'Veon Bell being cut. I saw a story on ESPN from Bill Barnwell talking about which NFL teams could sign Le'Veon Bell. And I'm thinking, oh, this will be interesting. Uh, I'm sure the New England Patriots and Tampa Bay Buccaneers will be on there like you said. Those are my first two thoughts as well. And I'm scrolling down. Oh, okay, the Kansas City Chiefs. Okay, that makes some sense. And the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, okay, that's a nice little clickbaity headline. Get people in Pittsburgh clicking on it. And I just scroll down. And would you look at that? The Arizona Cardinals find themselves on this list. And it wasn't the first place that I had seen it. I had read the story earlier in the day that mentioned the Cardinals as a potential trade partner for Le'Veon Bell when he was still a member of the Jets and being traded. So I'll start here with you, Jordan. One, do you think this is something the Cardinals should explore? And two, do you think he would be a fit here in Cliff Kingsbury's offense? Uh, I'm going to say no. I, I think you, you've, got a, you've got a guy that you paid top five in the league in Kenyon Drake, um, and you've got a great backup in Chase Edmonds. I don't think this is something that you need to go pay – uh, you know, a lot of money to sign Le'Veon Bell when you just signed uh, DeAndre Hopkins to a long-term contract. Kyler Murray's deal is going to come up here in a couple years. You've got guys around this team that you need to pay before you go get a big star running back like Le'Veon Bell. And look, Le'Veon, I, I don't know how old he is. I, he's probably 30 now or 31. Um, but I, I just don't think he's a guy that you go break the bank for right now. In this offense, uh, a lot of running backs could get the job done. And as we've seen, there's no need to pay a big running back. Look what happened with Todd Gurley in the L.A. Rams. I mean, they, they, they paid him, and then they, they ended up moving on from him as well. So um, I think you, you got a, two solid running backs, and uh, may, I'll even say three with D.J. Foster back there, uh, my dog. Let's show you this real quick. Oh, yeah. He's there you go. There's a, for those there's a D.J. Foster jersey. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes I forget that people aren't watching us here on the podcast. Um <laughs> But I, I, I think uh, the Cardinals should pass. I think he's better suited somewhere else. Yeah, and listen, it won't cost you an arm and a leg to sign Le'Veon Bell. You're probably going to get him for the veterans' minimums, which would be $1.1 million according to the the deal that was signed this year uh, with the Players' Union. So $1.1 million will probably land you a Le'Veon Bell for a uh, a spot role, you know, like a, like a, like a try-it, test-it-out kind of role. But I agree with you, Jordan. There's no reason, in my opinion, to go bring him in somebody who has proven not once but twice that at times can be an issue in the locker room. Uh, there was you know, they, they, they didn't see eye-to-eye in, in New York. They didn't see eye-to-eye in, in Pittsburgh, obviously. So there's no reason to bring him in when you have a Kenyon Drake because you're right, they signed him to the transition tag, so they're paying top five at the position. So it, right now there's no reason to bring him in. You've got Kenyon Drake. you got Chase, Chase Edmonds. You mentioned, you mentioned DJ being there as well. Uh, so there's no reason to bring him in for the Arizona Cardinals, in my opinion. That's not your issue. Right now, running back is not your issue. Your issue is figuring out how to continuously you know, have, a, have a, a, a continuity in the offensive side of the ball and defensively figuring out how do you stop a tight end? How do you, how do you, you know what I mean? Like, how do you slow down these offenses that are going up and down the field? The Arizona Cardinals aren't a Le'Veon Bell away from making a run. So for me, it's a pass. Hard pass, to be perfectly honest. 
And Jordan, the point that you brought up that I think is more telling to this conversation, big picture, is the Jets paid Le'Veon Bell a lot of money. And you mentioned the Todd Gurley contract as well. And guys, I'm trying to think of the last big running back contract that worked out for the team that signed it. Can anybody help me come up with one? Because every one that I think of ends poorly. Well, uh, there's been a handful, man. Zeke, right now, I'd say I Zeke. Yeah, I Zeke Elliott. Yeah, that's not right. That's not necessarily a bad deal. I mean, in the long run, it might end up being a bad deal for the Cowboys. They're struggling to have depth in a lot of positions, and you're seeing that on the defensive side of the ball. And some of that has to do with the fact that you paid the running back before the quarterback, and so you're seeing some ramifications of it. But it's a big deal, and you're getting production out of the 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 position. So, I mean, there are some, right? I mean, there's 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 a handful yeah. that have worked out. It's all it's all relative to how you view the running back position, I would say. You know, it, but it, traditionally, it, I I know what you're saying, Trooper. Traditionally, it just hasn't worked out. Yeah. You, if you want to pay a lot of money to a running back, I mean, it's it's a position that's going to get beat up quickly. There's going to be a lot of injuries mm-hmm. involved, and then you know who knows if if you know I, I I'd say a running back is only as good as the offensive line that's in front of him. You got a great offensive line. Go go get a go get a a good running back. You know, a, a guy that you can trust to hand the ball off 30, 40 times a game. Um, you know, if if not. I would I get somebody that can you know get out of the backfield. I mean, look at look at how the Patriots do it. They've got a, a host of running backs. They've got James White. They've got Rex Burkett. They've got Sony Michelle. I think that's the way to approach it: is get guys with different styles that suit your needs for any given down or or situation. Yeah, I mean, last year it, the the sorry Schubert, but the the last year the leading rushing team in the National Football League was Baltimore. Most of that came from the quarterback. San Francisco was was second. They had a they had a running back by committee, not a big paid running back on either of those teams. And yeah, and a were, great offensive were, line. Yeah, exactly right. And and obviously the Shanahan, you know, you put the name Shanahan on it, somebody's going to run for a thousand yards. It doesn't matter which Shanahan it is. Yeah. So you know, you don't necessarily have to have a big paid running back, but some have worked out. Like Christian McCaffrey's going to work out. I can already tell you that, even yeah. though he's injured right now. That's I'm still paying him because he's a lot more than just a guy running the football. So um, the top running, the top paid running backs in the National Football League. Tell me right now, guys, if you think these have or are working out. Christian McCaffrey, sixteen million, right per year. I'm, I'm okay with well, that. He's injured. This is only, he's injured, injured, this is though, only I mean, year one of that deal, right? Yes. Yes. So I, I'm undecided on that because okay. my main point is those deals for maybe one or two years look really good because you get their peak the of their longevity. career. But the back half of that deal kills you. That, and I think the same thing applies to Zeke. Right now it's fine because he's producing. But when you're paying him that kind of money to be to be a third, you know, a third rate running back, now you're in trouble. Right, because you have Alvin Kamara right after that at 15. You got Zeke at 15. You got Le'Veon Bell, who was at 13. Uh, David Johnson at 13. Dalvin Cook at 12. None of these guys are on that back half of the contract. I guess what you have to be what you have to be careful with is the wording and the verbiage and the way it's structured. You know, like for instance, I know I know Chris, you've brought up uh, Jimmy Garoppolo a handful of times at the quarterback position because there's also a very good high possibility when you pay a quarterback long term without having too much of a sample size it also Mm -hmm. may not work out jimmy g being a perfect example but the 49ers worked in a clause in that contract where they can get out next year you know so i think you just have to be careful i have no problem paying a running back top dollar but you have to have a contract that's worded correctly where you might be you might have a clause to get out say year two year three if it's not working out if you're not still getting that type of production and I think the examples, I mean, look, Alvin Kamara is still an incredibly talented 
running back, but because of that big contract, they're in a really bad cap situation because they've paid everybody and they have nowhere to go from here, right? The same thing can be said about David Johnson. The Cardinals had to get rid of that contract. They had to find somebody. Now they got lucky that Bill O'Brien was the GM and head coach of the Houston Texans and wanted to make that deal, but that was a problem for them. That was taking up cap space. So I think as these deals mature, you see that problem. And I think Jimmy G is a perfect example, Sean. So thank you for bringing up a point that I've been making uh, for a while now, is that if you're going to pay a quarterback or a running back or really any position, you have to structure the contract in a way that it doesn't kill you long term. And quarterback is one of those positions where if you don't have an out like the 49ers do with this Jimmy G deal, where they can get out of it this year and save $24 million against the cap. It's like $2 million in dead money. It's nothing in terms of the NFL salary cap. That allows you to move on and not get stuck in purgatory where you're just just you waste three to four years because you have to pay a guy, right? I'm only paying the top elite elite. I'll pay Mahomes. I'll pay Russell Wilson. I'll pay Aaron Rodgers. When it comes to running back, yes, Christian McCaffrey, even Alvin Kamara, because they think they serve more than one purpose in your offense. But other than that, it is an incredibly risky proposition to pay a guy that kind of yearly salary unless you build in a way for you to get out of it around the midway point. I buy that. Again, it all comes down to how you structure the structure the contract. Uh, when it comes to Le'Veon Bell, uh, he's not getting anything more than the, the veterans minimum from me. And if anybody pays him more than that this year, they're crazy. And I'll tell you this, too. Can we talk about uh, Mike Tomlin and the fact that he must have been doing God's work in Pittsburgh in order to keep Antonio mm, yeah. Brown and Le'Veon Bell on the same roster, producing and nothing really getting out to the media? Mike Tomlin, my friend. Good, God, yeah. great job. My goodness. I've always thought he was a great coach, but now you look back at what he was dealing with at one point in Pittsburgh, and they were winning division titles, and they were winning playoff games, and they were one of the most producing offenses in the National Football League while probably dealing with two headaches constantly. Mike Tomlin, coach, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rewind the clock and just give him coach of the year for those at least those four years. Mike Tomlin, my goodness. Job well and, done, my friend. And let's not forget, he almost went to the playoffs last year with Dougie Hodges. So he right. deserves even more oh, coaching yeah. trophies. Right? Yeah. I mean, so this Old guy has Dougie. done an exceptional job yeah. uh, there in Pittsburgh. Yeah, I mean, look, and, and Jordan, I'd love your thoughts on this. I, I just think, and, and again, the Jets also structured the Le'Veon Bell contract in a way that they could have gotten out of it after this season and it wouldn't cost them a whole lot. So right. they were in a similar situation. But I, I, I think teams are starting to realize that, okay, if we're going to pay somebody and we're going to commit to it, we have to be really, really, really sure. Like, we have to be 130% sure that this guy's not going to kill us in the back half of the deal with in terms of just lack of production, being a headache, whatever the case may be. I think you're going to start to see, guys, teams just uh, use a running back. Like, if say you draft a running back in the first in the first round. You get four years plus a fifth-year team option, and if you really want to get crazy, you can franchise tag him. You got him for six, seven years of control if you'd really like. Mm -hmm. I, I, I'll, I'll, you're going to start seeing a trend and I think you might already start to be seeing it in Las Vegas right now, where you draft a running back you think can be the guy, and you just work him like you wouldn't believe for those first three or four years and then move on. Like, you look at what Josh Jacobs is. He's already over 100 carries on the year. He, he's, he's over 300 yards. He's, I, think he's, I believe he's first or second in the league in rushing yards, but he has like 109 carries on the year. We're five games into the season. That dude's going to yeah. be nearly 400 carries. They're going to work him and work him and work him, and they're going to get to that fourth year, that fifth year team option. And if if he's if the treads on the tires, move on. I wouldn't doubt if you start to see that kind of a 
that kind of a thing with uh, when it comes to running backs. The only thing that you, you, you have to deal with is whether or not he holds out like Le'Veon Bell did, and then you're probably moving on a little bit earlier than you thought you were. But you're going to see guys just – I mean, teams are going to draft running backs in the first round, have that type of control on them, and just work them and then move on to the next one. Mm-hmm. Hot take, teams should do that with quarterbacks too. Unless oh, you have it. an elite quarterback, you should be doing the same exact thing. The Jordan, same exact your, model that you face, apply Jordan. to running backs get him. should should right. apply to quarterbacks. Get Unless him, you have an elite talent, it, get it should him, work the same. All of the quarterbacks coming out getting drafted are, are elite talents. Now, I think the quarterback position has changed to where you've got the most athletic people in the room uh, growing up and they're playing quarterback instead of running back or receiver. So all of these quarterbacks that are going to start coming out, you know, whether it's a Spencer Rattler kid, um, you know, from Oklahoma or, you know, go down the line, all of these guys can run um, and move and throw on the run. And it's just become second nature. So I think the quarterback position is obviously so much different than running back. You're not getting beat up about, you know, uh, 25 times a game. 30 times a game like Josh Jacobs, you you're, you can stand back. You're not taking a lot of hits unless you're Joe Burrow, which you're taking a lot of hits right now. Right. Um, but I think that I think that's a that's a terrible terrible statement. <laughs> so you're paying, you're paying Lamar Jackson. You're paying Lamar Jackson Mahomes money when he's a free agent. Because I'm not. I'm not yeah. there yet. I can't. I can't yeah. say that I'm doing that. He he needs to still. He needs to work on throwing. He he needs to work on throwing. But I mean, and be more accurate. But. You don't let a talent like that walk out your door. He's yeah, MVP so last year, bro. It's hard. It's hard to let a guy like that walk. You don't watch. Not. You don't. You don't let the MVP walk away. And you especially know. how much they love him. They love him. Yeah, the Ravens organization loves that kid. Well, they, that's great. I don't care about love. I care about winning championships and winning Super Bowls. And if paying him that kind of money stops me from being able to field a competitive roster because I love Lamar Jackson, then I'm not doing my job properly. I don't know if he's gonna get. Mahomes, he'll be he'll be up there, but I don't know if he's gonna you know surpass. You know we we always have that leapfrog game, right? When quarterbacks get paid, they just leapfrog the other one. Now they're the highest paid, and mm-hmm. they're the, I don't know if he leapfrogs Patrick Mahomes, but I'll tell you this: I agree with Jordan. They they love him enough where they've gone they've gone to the extent of recreating the entire offensive scheme and game plan around his strengths. And I, you don't do that unless you're planning on a long run there. Yeah. And, and and listen, have you heard Harbaugh talk to him? Harbaugh, Harbaugh on the sidelines. I love you, man. I right. love you too, Coach. Yeah, they're they're not letting him they're, walk. They're away. they're not. And, and Bad Chris, take, Schubert. Bad take, Chris. I don't know if they no, should. And I get what you're saying, Chris. I I get what you're saying. I just I I I at the quarterback position, it's a lot easier to draft the running back and say that's the hole. You're hitting that gap. We're running this scheme. Go do it. It, with a quarterback, it's so much more evolved. So much to reset, so much to reset every four or five years. Uh, that's that's you don't not even that. You get, you get five of football years, too. and then you get three franchise tags. You get eight years. You never have to commit to a quarterback long term ever. Look at Russell ever. Wilson. Look at years. Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson. Yes, and, and guess what? After they've paid him, they haven't been able to make it to a championship game because they paid him so much. His Super Bowl win came when he was on his rookie deal. Yep. Yeah, so, yeah, so that's agree, that's what I'm talking about. When you create that, they're the window, number one team in the NFL right now. 
I would I would argue with that, but fine. They're up there, but they've been up there the last couple yeah. of years. But they have flaws that have stopped them when it comes to the postseason. Part of that is because they're paying their quarterback a ton of no, money. I, Not I saying Russell that. Wilson d- doesn't deserve it. I used Russell Wilson as one of the examples of a quarterback that I would pay that kind of money because he's an elite talent. But I think when yeah. you can, if you draft a quarterback in the first round, get five years and then three franchise tags, that is eight years. That is an eight-year window you're creating for yourself if, to win a championship. What if, if, what if, if you he's still all it, pro? If he's still all pro, you you walking away? If I can't win a championship a in eight years with a quarterback, yes, I'm gonna re, I'm gonna recycle. But again, so so you're saying you're saying he's not winning a championship that all of those eight years. If if he doesn't, I'm moving on. Chris, also once you get to that fifth year, once you get beyond the fifth year, if you're franchise tagging him for three, like the like the Washington football team did with Cousins, you realize what you're paying him, right? You might as well have just put him on a contract at that point. Yeah. No, yeah. because it's a one-year commitment. I can get out of it at any time. But you can also structure But you're the, saying you want to do it for three years. You can also structure the contract for for for, for the same Hey, here's here's my thing. Here's my thing. A quarterback is so much bigger than just on the field. A quarterback is the face of your franchise. He's the person that makes you more money than any player on that field. He's bringing fans to the seat. You want to talk about Lamar Jackson? I bet you look at their ticket sales since he started. I bet you they've skyrocketed. I bet you that stadium, that fan base, jersey sales, everything has become way more profitable because of Lamar Jackson. So you don't get you don't get rid of your golden goose, uh, even if he is you know four years in and you got to pay him. You pay them the money. Because one, he's earned it, and two, because you don't let a guy like that walk away. In a perfect world, you can you can go the road of what New England was able to go, right? Like Tom Brady, as crazy as it sounds, was never the highest paid quarterback in the National Football League. He was always willing to take less to make sure they had depth at positions yeah. and they were able to, you know, uh, have things around them. But uh, in a, in a perfect world, you can go that road. Not everybody's going to be willing to do that, Chris. And I, I just think it's really difficult to reboot that position. When you have a guy who's capable, it's really difficult to reboot that position compared to others. So I, I get what you're saying. I just don't think I'm. I don't think I'm going to play the quarterback carousel every four years. Maybe this is just me being a lifelong Raider fan and going from Rich Gannon in 2003 and not finding one that's even remotely competent until 2014 when they drafted Carr. It's not as easy as just saying, I'm going to reboot at the quarterback position. It's not. Not everybody are is the Colts going from Peyton Manning to Andrew Luck or the Packers going from Favre to Rodgers. It's just not. It just doesn't work that way. It, for, for the majority of the league, it doesn't work that way. And I know a few minutes ago we talked about how there's more young quarterbacks coming into the league now that are ready to play and ready to play now, and you're having a higher hit rate in terms of drafting quarterbacks in the first round. I still wouldn't kick a quarterback to the curb that I feel I can win with just because we haven't done so yet. I'm, I'm going to find a way to get that contract done and make it work. Look at, what's, look at what's in Kansas City right now. You've paid the largest contract in the history of the game to the quarterback position, and we're still able to re-sign key defensive players and keep you know offensive weapons around them there's ways to yeah. work the cap you have to have a gm that knows what the hell they're doing uh super and, bowl and window it's small it, yeah but, but, it, but but the chiefs are a bad example for two reasons one mahomes is in the that elite category that i said i would pay two they won the super bowl before they paid him so it mm-hmm. doesn't apply to the logic i'm trying to use I'm okay well who are you talking about i'm talking about only I'm, elite quarterbacks so Okay, but I'm talking about Lamar, like Lamar Jackson's the perfect example, right? If Lamar Jackson, at the, if he doesn't win a Super Bowl, 
How can we say he's an elite quarterback? And how can you, as the Ravens, justify paying him upwards of Mahomes' money when that significantly hinders your ability to put a team together? Right? I don't think Lamar AFC is in that category. Year. They, they I, have I don't a great think Lamar's in that category yet. But can they pay well, that team? I mean, he, he, he's only started for what one year, two years, two years now. He's going in his third year starting. I mean, he, he's he deserves time, right? He's not just going to win a Super Bowl in his first year starting or second year starting. I mean, it takes time, and then they have to put pieces around him at it. I mean, they they got punched in the mouth last year in the playoffs, but don't think for a second this isn't a team that's capable of beating the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. They are, or in in the AFC Championship. That's the, excuse me. That's the one thing he, if we're going to talk about Lamar specifically, Jordan, that's the one thing he has to figure out how to get over because yeah, uh, in win his, the big game in his young career, he has not shown up in the big games, playoffs. Yeah. Back-to-back years bounced, looked bad against Tennessee last year. You know, uh, the big game so far this year was against Kansas City. He threw for 90 yards. You know, like, so if I'm yeah. going to – if we're going to talk about him specifically, uh, he, I do need to see some big game performances out of him before I commit long-term. But if we're yeah. talking in general, Chris, if I got a quarterback that I feel I can win with, I, I'm going to have a hard time getting rid of him. Uh, you just have to be creative with the salary cap. It can be done. You just have to get creative with the salary cap. Yeah, I just think the the price of the quarterback has gone up so much to a point where I don't think you can be as creative as you used to be. And I think if GMs are really going to earn their payday each and every mm-hmm. year now when they have to make well, these decisions. We're going to see. Because- we're, yeah, we're going to see if the weapons around Patrick Mahomes start to disappear, like the the photo in Marty McFly's pocket and in, in, in uh, Back to the Future, uh, <laughs> because they can't pay him. So he's looking at it, going, "Wait a minute, where where'd he go? Where he? You know, if that starts to happen in the next few years, then yeah, we'll we'll ha- people will have to reassess it exactly like you're describing right now, Chris. But if they're able to keep Hill and they're able to keep you know and keep drafting young talent to put around him, you know what I mean? Like you, you found a running back all of a sudden. Now, you, now they're even more explosive. So if they're able mm-hmm. to draft well. I think that's another big key factor. If you're going to pay the quarterback or anybody a large contract, you got to draft well, right? You got to make sure you don't miss on consecutive draft picks in the first, second round. Uh, to make sure you got talent around him still on rookie deals. But um, yeah, man, I I, I can't I, I got can't it. kick a quarterback to the curb who I feel I can win with. Uh, and, you know, if I, if I feel like I can still get creative with the salary cap and make it work, I can't do it. I, I figured it out. I what figured it? it out. What do you got? Sean, you look like Ben Affleck. And Chris, you look like Casey Affleck. <laughs> Together at the Afflecks. I'm doing a podcast like with the Affleck family. Didn't look they at you have guys, like a man. burger Ben show? and Casey. Didn't they have like a no, burger? That's the no, that's the Wahlberg. That's, 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 yeah. that's a different yeah. family that we're not being compared yeah. to. Yeah. Same, same, yeah. same idea. No, same no we are not. You kind of look Mark like Wahlberg, the chef Sean. from Wahlburgers, Sean. I've never seen it. I don't know. Oh, it's well, great show. Look him uh, up. The, the one Wahlburgers is uh, in uh, where I used to live. I'm back in my home, uh, oh, is that my right? home uh, state of New York. Yeah, it's like. All right, 20, what do we got next? Let's keep yeah, these what, guys' what, attention, what man. We, we got them hooked in. in. We got them hooked. So uh, everybody loves a good power rankings, right? Well, we're going to do the yeah, oh, no yeah. bull version of the power rankings. We're going to give you our top five, our bottom five, and our falling five in the NFL. We're going to do it next here on No Bull with Chris Crespin and Simone. All right. Once again, I got to tell you about my great friends over at Earnhardt Centers. I get the honor to read this uh this this beautifully written tell me about ad for Earnhardt Sean let me tell you about the locally owned and operated since 1951 Earnhardt Auto Centers are a proud partner of ours yeah since 1951 Mm -hmm. yeah Tex Earnhardt he's a legend just passed away uh RIP man he's a he's a legend in Arizona and and really the country man great American um 19 Arizona locations 21 dealerships and 17 brands it doesn't matter where you are in the valley they're going to have you covered. And with current times of social distancing, 
don't worry. They got the Noble Express option at noble.com that can make the entire buying process an absolute breeze from the comfort of your home. I know I've done it. I called them. They brought me a brand new Lexus, drove it right up to my front door, and I was able to test drive it for the day. It was awesome. They picked it up later. It was super easy. I, I, uh, I'm going to tell you, once you drive one of these brand new cars, it's going to be tough to say no. From uh, test driving a vehicle, um, you know, delivery to your door, finance application, they'll, they'll take care of it. Uh, the Earnhardt name is a name you can trust for a 68-year commitment from their family to yours. Earnhardt Auto Centers and NoBull.com. That ain't no bull. Sean, this is something uh, we did bat way back in the day mm -hmm. when we used to do radio together. We had our version of, because Wednesdays are normally like boring days in the NFL. It's when you do your power rankings. You rank the teams in the National Football League. We decided to do something a little different. And we have our three-pronged power rankings approach in which we rank the top five, the bottom five, and the falling five. And each week, one of us takes on that role. So this week, I believe, Jordan, you drew out of the magical hat the top five this week. Sean, you're doing the falling five, and I have mm -hmm. the bottom five. And we'll rotate. So you're going to get everybody's opinion each week on how we view the National Football League. So it's going to be different each time. Now, gentlemen, we didn't really discuss this in the pre-show meeting. What should we do first? Which one of these three should we, <laughs> we, we cross off the list You guys first? want to do negative first, Jordan? What do you think? Yeah, let's let's get Schubert's uh, negative five out of the way, and I'll bring some positivity and some energy. <laughs> All right, Schubert, go ahead with the with the bottom five of the National Football League. Yeah, so I have my bottom five, and mm -hmm. uh, normally negativity is my strong suit. So this is right up my wheelhouse, Weird. and yeah. I don't think any of these five teams are really going to shock you. I'm going from five to one. Five being the team that is the least worst of these five with one being the worst of the worst. And I'm going to start down in Florida with the Jacksonville Jaguars who sit uh, on the, on the year one and four coming off of a brutal loss to the Houston Texans, a team that was winless at this point in the season. They just fired their head coach. They had everything going wrong and you go out there and you lose to that team. I think they might have something at the quarterback position, but they're still struggling to put it all together on a week-to-week -week basis, and I need to see a little bit more, and I don't have as much confidence in them putting it together as, let's say, I do the Minnesota Vikings, who also sit at 1-4. A team like Detroit, right? Those are teams that I consider for this spot. Jacksonville, I haven't seen them put it together yet, maybe compared to some of those other teams, so I put them at number 5. Number 4, we're going to the NFC East, and it is the Washington football team who have a disaster at the quarterback position. They benched their first-round quarterback from a couple years ago. That that process seems to be over. It appears that the Dwayne Haskins era there is over. Ron Rivera needs to completely overhaul this roster, starting at the quarterback position. They really have nothing going right on either side of the ball. I mean, they got Chase Young. He's hurt. They have to put. They have to figure things out. They're still years away, especially since they have to reboot at the, at the mm -hmm. quarterback position. So who's they that third? Are so they are number four, Washington football team. Now, the rest of these teams all winless. Number three, the New York Giants. Now, they're 0-5. They have the same record as the two teams that I have in front of them. But I was impressed with the way that they played uh, against Dallas. I'm still not a, a total believer in Daniel Jones. I'm off the Daniel Jones bandwagon. But they fought in that football game. They, they competed in that football game. They looked like a team that could win that football game. So I don't think they're the worst of the worst, but I'll put them at number three. Number two, a team that fired their head coach and general manager this week, the Atlanta Falcons. Matt Ryan. Uh, this, the sunset might be approaching for him in Atlanta. This defense is one of the worst defenses in the league. Julio Jones uh, might not be on this team next season. They might have to move him. Uh, they are a mess 
They were a dumpster fire, but they're not as bad as a dumpster fire as the number one team, the New York Jets, who have the worst coach in all of the National Football League. They just cut their running back who was supposed to save their offense. They can't evaluate Sam Darnold because he continues to be hurt. Joe Flacco was in in this game on Sunday. They have zero offensive weapons, zero. I think the three of us could produce better than some of their offensive talent. And on the defensive side of the ball, they're Swiss cheese. Greg Williams has got to go. There you go, the bottom five. So your bottom five, which would be the 28th team in the National Football League, is Jacksonville, 29, yep. Washington, 30. Yep. The Giants, followed by the Falcons and the New York Jets, is the bottom five. Uh, Jordan, give us some positivity. The top five, and then I'll tell you the teams that need to need to start looking out. I'm going to give you the falling five after that, but give us the top five teams All in right. the National Football League. Well, if you're going to cover some of the falling five, I'm going to leave them out of my, uh, my top five. I'm going to start with... Uh, number five, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Look, this is a team who Sean Crespin is extremely high on, has been since the season. They've got a solid defense. Big Ben's back. Mm. Uh, the, the the biggest problem with this team right now is that they're struggling to, co to complete the deep ball. Ben Roethlisberger is uh, one of the worst in the league right now, completing passes over 20 yards. That's something that they're going to have to clean up if they want to win some of these closer games. Some, those big shots are, uh, are what can help you win games, some of those big closer games, and that's what the Kansas City Chiefs do well. Uh, so I got them at number five. Uh, number four, I got the Baltimore Ravens. I, you know, the Ravens are, are still going to be an extremely competitive team. Lamar Jackson struggling, um, you know, passing the ball. He, he hasn't been as accurate, but this is a team that, that got kind of smacked in the mouth by the Chiefs, um, not surprisingly, and I think this is a team that you'll see at the end of the year really, really uh, get a lot better. Their defense is going to be solid, even without Earl Thomas. At number three, I got the Kansas City Chiefs. Obviously, uh, Patrick Mahomes is the real deal. They lost uh, to to uh, the I forget one of the one of the worst teams in the league. And uh, oh, the Raiders. Yeah, that's right. Um, low blow, sir. <laughs> I'm just kidding. They're not. Wow. They're they're middle of the pack. They're they're solid. They actually really impressed me. Uh, but yeah. They, they, they can't let up 40 to the uh, to the Raiders at home. That's a big problem. But I think it's going to help them more than it hurt them because that really helps you get back in gear. It, it gets a recommitment from guys going, okay, all right, our, we, we can't just be complacent and think that everyone that rolls in here is just going to get beat because we're the Chiefs. We got to work. Happened to them um, so last I think year. that's, yeah, yeah, no, I sorry, think that's the best thing yeah. that could have happened to them. Yeah, uh, but but Patrick Mahomes is is getting a lot of pressure. That offensive line's got to clean that up, and then defensively, obviously, you saw a lot of their issues. And then number two, the Green Bay Packers. Even with all of their injuries, they've continued to battle. They they're they're four and zero as well. They played a couple good teams. They played a couple bad teams. But you can never sleep on Aaron Rodgers. He's still a really really talented uh, quarterback in this league. And no matter how many quarterbacks you want to draft behind him, he's still gonna uh you know what's it's like you know if if i moved into sean's house all of a sudden he's gonna want to start you know doing things and flex and and be bigger for Lindsay, his his girl <laughs> because you got a you got a young stud in there and i think that's what happened with aaron Rodgers. aaron uh, Rodgers, uh you know they they draft a quarterback and he goes man screw that this is my team this is my so you start seeing him play at an mvp caliber level even with all the injuries that they've had defensively they're they're doing just fine and number one we got the Seattle Seahawks. Seahawks for good reason. Um, Russell Wilson's best quarterback in the league. Defensively, they are struggling. They are really struggling. They couldn't stop a nosebleed last week, but this is an extremely well-coached team, a team that did not have Jamal Adams in, um, who, who is obviously a dynamic playmaker for them at safety, and they were a little bit banged up. 
Um, but I, I think this is a defense that you will see progress and get better throughout the year. They've been traditionally really good against the run. Dalvin Cook was kind of eating them up until he got an injured last week, and I think that was really the turning point of the game. The Seahawks defense, however, does get a lot of turnovers, which which is um, is something that they they've always had a uh, you know been a staple in this league for them. Uh, offensively, DK Metcalf is shaping up to be one of the best young receivers in the NFL. They can run the football with Chris Carson. I think this is a team that uh, you do not want to play, N- not in the playoffs, not anytime, uh, because they're they're always gonna they're always gonna have a chance to win in the fourth quarter. So Jordan with the top five teams in the NFL, he's going with the Pittsburgh Steelers at five, Ravens at four, Chiefs at three, Packers two, and Seahawks one. Jordan, what position did you play? Uh, at Arizona State University, and and uh, with when you're with your cup of coffee with the Seahawks, what position did you play? I played defensive back. So you played defensive back for a guy that played defensive back. You sure don't like defense an awful lot, according to your top five there with the Packers and Seahawks towards the top of the list. There, Packers giving up the uh, 25 points a game and are uh, are 353 yards per game defensively. They're struggling to stop people, and then with the Seahawks, everybody's well, struggling on defenses man. here, man. Seahawks giving hey, up. That's true, huh? Uh, I, I just want to say, next time Jordan gets the top five, we should yeah. just make it the the, the two top through four. F- two through five, and <laughs> yeah. just do the top four, and yeah. just pencil not pencil, put it in sharpie, put uh, Seattle number one. Who are you one, putting in front of Seattle? Who who you? I would put Green Bay in front of Seattle. For what reason? I would put Green Bay. Yeah, I think that's kind of a toss up, man, between those two, because again, neither one of them for play, what reason play much defense at all. Uh, I why why are you putting Green Bay in front of them? I have been more impressed with what I've seen out of Green Bay offensively than I have Seattle. They have they have they have shown that Aaron Jones isn't just a, a flash in the pan. Aaron Jones, they have an actual running game. They seem to have figured out this receiver problem, even though they never actually addressed it, because Rodgers just is finding new people to throw the football to. So I'm more impressed with what Rodgers is doing because he's kind of doing it with less compared to Russell Wilson in Seattle. Um, again, they both have bad defenses, and those are things that I think could potentially stop either one of them from going to a Super Bowl. But I would give the edge to Rodgers and Green Bay over uh, Russ and Seattle. I think it's kind of a toss-up. I also look at the Seahawks. The Seahawks right now, they're coaching. This, yeah, I'll, I'll, the Seattle has the edge there. But uh, their schedule so far, they haven't played murderer's row of, of competition, and they've been close in every football game really like they're two yards away from new england from losing that game they're at dak prescott they're close every game man yeah that's what i'm saying they almost, but they, they win they, them. They, my, that game against miami was close in the fourth quarter yeah they were only up by a miami by one score my, miami just who'd miami just beat this week they just great beat the 49ers transition. great transition are not a great team. great transition into the falling five as the we 49ers the are a great team the great great transition they're a to great the, team all right, Casey uh, Affleck, pipe down. Sorry, Let's go. Pipe down, I'm, Casey Affleck. I'm trying to get this going here. Uh, the falling five. So we did the bottom five, the top five. Now we got the falling five. These are teams that could be in trouble if they don't fix a couple of things uh, that they're currently dealing with in the NFL. Well, uh, number five for me is the is the Indianapolis Colts. I just don't trust Phillip Rivers right now. That's a good roster, man. A good, well-coached football team as well. But I, I don't trust Phillip Rivers. The pick six this last week uh, hurt the Colts. They wound up losing to the Cleveland Browns, who are playing some pretty good football right now, too. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys have to be on this list. Anytime you lose a starting quarterback, right, you also don't play any defense whatsoever. But you lose a starting quarterback, uh, your defense is a suspect as it is. They got to be on the falling five as well. They're number four. The Philadelphia the Eagles are number three on this list. They can't get right anywhere. They can't get healthy. 
They can't. You know, they don't get. They don't get consistent play out of the quarterback position from Carson Wentz as well. The Philadelphia Eagles have some issues, and they need to fix them fast. Or even in the NFC East, they might find themselves looking up at the Dallas Cowboys, who who were also on this list. Uh, the Chargers are number two, and you might be thinking, well, they're getting unexpected play out of the quarterback position. You're not wrong, but they're also not able to close out a damn football game. They're up twenty against the Tampa Bay Bucks. They're up big on Monday Night Football. Defensively, they're beat up, they're banged up, and they can't close out a damn game to save their life. So, in my opinion, that's a falling football team who is falling behind not only the Chiefs but now the Raiders who are finding ways to win football games in the NFC West. And the reason I said great transition a second ago, Jordan Simone, because the team with the biggest issues and probably the most to lose right now in the National Football League is the NFC's representative in the Super Bowl just a year ago, the San Francisco 49ers, who had to sit down their high-paid quarterback for air quotes on the radio version. You can see the air quotes here on the podcast. His own protection is what Shanahan said he pulled Jimmy G for. Not good in San Francisco. The injuries, the lack of play at the quarterback position, they're falling, they're falling quick. So those are your falling five this week on Noble with Chris Crespin and Simone. Colts at five, Cowboys at four, Eagles at three, Chargers can't close out a damn football game, and the 49ers with no quarterback whatsoever, uh, they're, they're falling pretty quick as well. They're number one on my list. Make sense? Y'all approve? Uh, yeah, I'm happy with that list. I okay. think yeah. I think you're being I, like I think you're being a little offensive to the Chargers, but your your logic I don't Close disagree. Close out a football sure. game, and on sure. top of that, but again, the defensive injuries are just they're it's it's playing it's 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 playing a role on that team, and and that's, you can't do much about that. So they're falling. And that was one of the reasons I kept them out of the bottom five was because I've been impressed with their ability to hang uh, with some of these teams for most of the game, but then ultimately give it away late in the game. Mm -hmm. Uh, So because of that, I didn't want to be too negative on the Chargers because I love what they're doing. I think Herbert's Herbert's the real deal. Um, And the next head coach there in L.A. is going to have just so much talent to work with because I don't think Anthony Lynn is long. Yeah. Uh, for the job there in L.A. Yeah. Uh, all right, guys, so we're going to rotate next week. We'll each take on a different role next Wednesday. Uh, and I think somehow, no matter what, Jordan Smoney will sneak in a Seahawks reference to whichever list he gets. Of course. Of course. If it doesn't happen. Every show. Yeah, if it doesn't happen, it wouldn't be a complete noble with Chris Crespin and Simone. So, of course. If you're playing, if you're playing noble bingo, the home edition, that's your free space. <laughs> yeah, for sure. That's and the I gotta, free space. I got to get the hair. I got to get the hair did so I can get rid of the hat and maybe Jordan can yeah. stop making fun of me. Yeah. Yeah, so, well, then I tell you what. For for myself, Jordan Simone, and the two Affleck brothers, I'm on here with. <laughs> we just thank you guys for tuning in. If you like the show, man, subscribe to the show. Subscribe to it. Thanks. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> I need people to. I need Sean. Can you cut out the video version of that and just post it on Twitter to mm-hmm. tell people to subscribe? Because Jordan like backs away from the microphone and he like just thrusts forward. It's very just awkward and weird. It's, and it's, I need it on Twitter. It's good wrestling promo. So it'll be good for the it is. Like, he yeah, does yeah. cut a good wrestling promo yeah, there. Yeah. Uh, so to to give a little subscribe more context, you can find the show. show. Subscribe on Spotify to the show. Google Podcast to the show. Apple Podcasts, wherever you get uh, your podcast, We also post the link on our Twitter account as well. You can follow me at Shoe Radio. You can follow Sean at Sean at S. Ben Crespin02. S. Crespin02 yes, is your Twitter account. Affleck. Simone's is at Jordan Simone 38 You can follow the show at Noble underscore podcast. We thank you uh, for taking some time out of your day to uh, to sit with us, listen with us, and enjoy the program. And we will talk to you all on Friday.